Welcome back to another episode of Let Me Tell You. I'm your host, Walker Brooks. School's been crazy for the past couple of months, weeks. You know what it is. It's finals week, so I have a lot of studying to do. Let's go Spanish. Woohoo! Love that class. So hopefully, at the end of the semester, I can get back to at least once a week. So we have a lot to talk about. Jake Dickard hired his offensive and defensive coordinator. Max Borgie's opting out and declaring for the NFL draft. Volleyball lost two stud players to the transfer portal. Sadly, I think the NCAA tournament's looking extremely unlikely for the men's basketball team with the buzzer-beating losses South Dakota State in Spokane. Let's talk about the coaching staff. I'm, I'm going to talk about the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl next week, probably. I'm going to try and find a guest to talk about that. So we're going to talk about the defensive coordinator, Brian Ward from Nevada. I love this hire because I think Ward is similar to Dickert. Before he was at Nevada, coached the defensive side of the ball at Syracuse, where the Orange men basically had, was at the peak of their power from 2017 and 18, in which the Orange men led the nation in turnovers, and they had more turnovers in 2017 and 18 than any other FBS team in the nation. They finished top 15 and third down defense, and they were just absurd stats statistically. Had a school record of, set the school record for sacks. Syracuse beat the number two ranked Clemson Tigers in 2018, and defense was key to that. So, Brian Ward's defense was key to beating Clemson. I think he brings a lot to the table. I think he's similar to Dickert. Each place he goes, he builds up a stronger defense. And our defense is improving under Dickert. And so it'd do better once we got rid of Rolovich. And now I think it'll do even better. I think it'll flourish under Ward. Let's talk about Eric Morris, the offensive coordinator. He's returning to Pullman. Returning, yes, you heard me. He was part of the, many people might not remember, but the inaugural Mike Leach staff here. Then, you know, they went their separate ways. For the last four years, Eric Morris has been the head coach at FCS Powerhouse Incarnate Word. And it's been fairly successful, nearly beating number one ranked seed Sam Houston the second round of the playoffs. He's expected to bring back a form of air raid to Pullman, which I like. It's enjoyable to watch. But instead leans more heavily on the running game, so it's more of a balanced offense. Emphasize passing. Passing is a priority, but will he use running backs? The Cardinals, the incarnate word Cardinals running backs combined for more yards this season than Borgie and McIntosh did. The offense will also include a tight end, which has not graced the Palouse in the past decade. Speaking of tight ends, one of the biggest concerns or worries for some of the fans, Cougar fans, is Dickert's ability to recruit. The first official commitment under the Dickert era, big Dickert energy, was a tight end, Andre Dollar, who was also the 10th ranked tight end, and he flipped from the University of Oregon. It's always a big plus when you flip a commitment from the top team in the country. It gives a little more confidence and credence to the hiring of Jake Dickert and his ability to recruit because recruiting is the lifeblood of college sports, obviously, as we know. Max Borgie, to the surprise of literally no one, is opting out of the Sun Bowl to prep for the NFL draft. Honestly, he should. His draft stock isn't that high where he could risk an injury and still get drafted. I think the best thing for him to do is have a killer pro day and combine and sneak into day two of the draft. I believe he's a second to third round talent, but I don't think he'll be drafted there. I think he'll go fourth, fifth, or maybe even later because of the injury in 2020 and Rolovich's inability to get the best player involved in the offense. Those are not all on Borgie at all. This is just bad hand he's been dealt. Wanted to quickly mention some big transfers in the college volleyball world. Our local star, Hannah Pukas, one of the best setters in the country, entered the transfer portal. She will have plenty of suitors coming after her, so it's unlikely she'll turn. Now, I'm a Pac-12 coach, and I see the Pac-12 first, first team member and honorable All-American slipped in my hands. That would be embarrassing and a shame. Someone in the Pac-12 needs to sign Hannah Pukas right now. Juliana Dalton was on the Pac-12 freshman team last season as an outside hitter, stepped away from the team this year. Katie Ryan took her place as a starter. Juliana Dalton been fantastic for the one year she played. 
transferred to the University of Pittsburgh, who I believe are in the Final Four for the NCAA tournament. So she should transfer to a better place. I don't know about playing-wise. I don't know the University of Pittsburgh's volleyball roster deep enough to say. But it's not surprising she left, and there's a chance Pukas comes back. But she's really talented and could possibly transfer to, let's say, the University of Washington in-state better volleyball program. That would hurt and sting, but you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. Now let's pivot and talk about the men's hoop season. There were two teams heading into the men's basketball season I thought would shock the world. First was the alma mater of my dad, Colorado State, who's now ranked 23. Go Rams, undefeated. Second, and not as strong, I know, looks like 2020 hindsight, no, but I was not as confident on the Cougars. I thought they'd be good, but I was way off about the power rush and the Palouse. People always say, Walker, you're a pessimistic Cougar fan. I think that's valid. I'm definitely more of a negative fan. But at this point, the crimson gray glasses got to come off, people. We're not doing that well. We're 7-3, and three, yes. But look at it from a numbers perspective here. We lost a halftime lead to Eastern Washington, who is, who is ranked 201 in the Ken Palm rankings. And those of you who are wondering what the Ken Palm rankings are, quick answer is it's basically the Holy Bible of college basketball rankings, and it's very accurate. The Cougars also lost on a buzzer beater to number 244, South Dakota, in Spokane. We're ranked number 41, Ken Palm. That's great. 7-3, season isn't dead. But yeah, the losses and the quality of losses are really bad. You blow a 15-point lead at halftime to Eastern. I know Noah Williams and TJ Bomba were out, but honestly, that's not a valid excuse. Eastern is a bottom-of-the-barrel team with a new head coach, and the two best players who made them a tournament team last year, the Grove brothers, are at Oklahoma. It's not the number of losses or when they occur, it's the quality of the teams they lost to. The USC loss doesn't hurt us because they're a top 15 program. And then you have to, and people say, well, you just went out the Pac-12. Oh yeah, we'll just win out the Pac-12. That's so easy, guys. Arizona, arguably a top three program. UCLA, top 10 program. USC, top 15. We still have to play all of them at least two more times, minus USC because we just played them. So it's looking very, very, very difficult to make it to the NCAA tournament because we are the first team, we are one of the first four teams out in the projections of the NCAA tournament. Now for the first time, and let me tell you history, you will have complete coverage of the track and field season. Instead of going to the basketball game in Spokane, I went to the podium, which is this gorgeous new track and field stadium they built in Spokane. Fantastic. So I want to talk about a couple events. First, the weight throw. Alexandra Payne, a nationally ranked recruit from the west side, competed in her first collegiate meet and placed fourth in the competition as a freshman behind three other seniors. She threw over 53 feet, which puts her right outside the top 10 all-time for WSU. Another freshman, Ben Chappelle, was competing unattached, won the entire event in his weight throw, which is very, very impressive. As a complete team, the Cougar track and field team did not disappoint in their first indoor meet. They won two events and collected six top three finishes. Sam Brixley finished first in the 600-meter hurdles, which we had five of the eight spots for Cougars, and the Cougars won first, second, and third in that event. His 60-meter hurdle time is fourth fast in the nation, and is currently he's the facility record at the podium. Joseph Heitman uh, placed third in the 600 meter. His time of eight sec- a little over eight seconds is the eighth fastest 60 meter hurdle time in the NCAA Division One hit in the NCAA currently. Mitch Jacobson leapt his way into second place in the high jump, posting a mark of 2.10 meters. That's the tenth highest mark in the country. Jared McElvey kept himself busy, and when he ran in five different events, his 200 meter dash he ran in 21.78 seconds. For second place, which is currently 15th fastest time in the country. Back to the women's side, freshman Antonia Buschendorf won the 600 meter hurdle, 
with a time of 8.56, which is fantastic. 30th fastest time in the country. Anna Rogers won first place in a long jump with a long jump of 19 feet. I mean, it's absurd how good these, this track and field team is. Watch out for them, Cougs. You got a good team here. Prostitute? What do you want me to do here? I mean, I get him a prostitute? What 